Amen. Good morning, church. How's everyone doing this morning? Oh, thank you, my brother. Amen. God is on the throne. Amen. Amen. So before we get started, we got a, um, some awesome announcements here. And um, we just want to say welcome to Home Church of the Nazarene. We are so blessed to have you this morning. Um, we have some anniversaries. Um, we also have some birthdays, but we're going we're gonna to stick with the anniversaries the first of the month. So first and foremost, Matt and Amanda Freeze. Uh, well, how many years, Matt? Two years. Two years, guys. All right. Um, Eric and Lizzie Mossy, um, I'm sure they're watching online this morning. We just want to say congratulations, and I believe it's been a year or two. It's been one year. It's been one year. I remember I married them, and so we want to say congratulations. Can we give it up to Eric and Lindsay, please? Oh, there's a big one right here. Steve and Kathy Clayton. Does anybody know how long they've been married? 50 years. Who said 50? Oh, you said 15? Okay. 15 years. Wow. All right. Uh, next, we got Gavin and Ann Black. Yeah. yeah there you go. Uh, Josh and Kim Wood. Uh, they come to second service. And is Don and Lynn Libby here? Well, they'd be here second service. Okay. We want to congratulate. Can we, can we give a hand to everybody for the anniversaries? Hey, Amen. Thank you so much. Matt, come on up, man, brother. Thank you so much. And with that, let's uh, bring up Mr. Dan for Children's Church. Yeah, you can clap. Come on. We've got one. We've got two. Do you know that today we are focusing in on missions? And missionaries. Do you know what a missionary is? What is a missionary? Someone who helps people around the world that are trying to start um, like orphanages or like helping older adults. What's a a missionary? A missionary is where you um, help people in need and um, tell people about Jesus. Very good. A missionary is someone who tells people about Jesus, not in their homeland, but in a land that they were sent to in a different culture. And today we are celebrating missions and missionaries. You know, that Jesus gave us a great commission to go into all the world and tell people about him. Missionaries are important in the church, but how do they get sent? Why are they sent? We're going to hear about that today as we talk more. Because we want people to tell other people about Jesus. We want the whole world to know about Jesus. In the New Testament, there is a special missionary that was named Paul. And he went on four major trips. Can you switch to slide one? Maybe. But Paul was sent four times out, and he had to go by ship. He didn't go get on a plane. He had to get on a ship. And he went four different times in four major trips. And in the Old Testament, is it not working? It's not. There is a missionary 
that was sent out, and I've got a song for you. Come listen to my tale, not that one, of Jonah and the whale, way down in the middle of the ocean. How did he get there? Whatever did he wear? Way down in the middle of the ocean, a preacher he should be at Nineveh, you see. He disobeyed, which was a foolish notion, but God forgave his sin. Salvation entered in, way down in the middle of the ocean. God had come to Jonah. He was a prophet, and prophets in the Old Testament did more forth-telling than foretelling. In other words, they were more of a preacher than they were about telling about the future. And God said, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. Do you know where Nineveh is? Nineveh, and some of you may remember this from news in the last year or so, was very close to Mosul in Iraq, Africa. And God said, I want you to go and talk to those people because they are not living the type of life they will. They should be. And Jonah said to God, no. And so he decided to run away. Do you know who the fastest people in the world are over racing? They are Ethiopians and Kenyans. And they can run fast over long distances. If you ever watch the marathons, you usually see an Ethiopian or a Kenyan win. And so Jonah thought, I'm going to run away from God. And so he began to run, and he ran, 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 and he got tired. So he decided, okay, I'll go get on a boat too. And so he went down by the ocean, and he got in the boat, and the boat went out, but God was still there. And God said, no, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. And Jonah said, nope, not me. So God caught a, caused a big storm to come with waves that were really big, and wind, <laughs> And the boat started going up and down and up and down. And the people were afraid. They thought, uh-oh, we're going to drown. So they started throwing all the cargo overboard, getting rid of it all, trying to lighten the load. And it didn't help. The water kept coming in. So they started bailing the water out, using all they could to get the water to go out. And still they kept sinking. And they said, Jonah, why aren't you praying? Everybody, pray to your gods, whoever you may serve. Pray to your gods that will be saved. And Jonah said, if you'll just take me and throw me overboard, everything will be okay. And they said, no, 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 if we do that, your God will get upset with us, and we don't want to be in trouble with your God. So they kept bailing and bailing until it was about time they were going to go under. So they picked up Jonah, and one, two, three, right into the water. And God caused a huge fish to come and swallow Jonah. Do you ever think about what it was like to be in the belly of a fish? What do you think it's like? Disgusting, slimy, little bits of other fish, seaweed, stomach acids, terrible. And there Jonah was in the belly of this fish, and he decided, I better talk to God. And so he started talking to God, saying, God, if you get me out of here, I'll go to Nineveh. And so God caused that fish to swim up near dry ground. And the Bible says that he vomited him forth onto dry ground. And I can see him rolling around in the sand and looking like a corn dog. 
I hope he went and took a bath before he went to Nineveh. But he finally went to Nineveh. Why? To tell people about Jesus. To tell people that they needed to serve God. Paul's the one that was telling people about Jesus. Here in home church, we're talking about going into all the world to make a difference, to change the lives of people. And the only way we can do that is through giving, because we all can't go to Brazil or Argentina or Iraq or Germany, but we can give money. And in this church, we do it through what we call faith promise. We make a promise to God. To God. If he asks us to give something in the offering, we say, God, if you will help me to get that money, I will give it. It's faith and a promise. And we don't have to all give it today. It can be out throughout the whole year. Have you talked to God? Have you talked to God about what he wants you to be doing for missions today? Pray. Ask God, what do you want me to give? Maybe it could be that when your family goes out to that pizza place or that fast food restaurant, you can say, Mom, Dad, can I just have a water and take the money and put it for faith promise? I know we don't have big jobs, do we? Except at home to clean your room. But we can still give everything that we have if God promises and he is faithful. He will answer our prayer. And if he asks us to give money, we have to say yes. And then he will help us to get that money. Help us to be faithful in going and telling people about Jesus today. Okay, thank you very much. It's always hard to follow a good children's church, <coughs> but I'll do my best. So we do have some announcements <coughs> before we get started. Youth group and kids quizzing will be meeting Thursday night at 6.30. It's all adults cheering. That's fine. (laughs) But it's going to be held alongside our first adult Bible study. Kids, this is your shot. (laughs) Um, We're doing a song and word. So uh, it'll start this week. We're going to have a meeting of worship in the gym at 6.30. Uh, We're going to have Miss Barb West teaching a class a men's Bible study, a Spanish Bible study, and a women's Bible study. So uh, odds are there's a category that you fit into, right? (laughs) Show up and and study the Bible in there. Uh, We'll join for refreshments and worship at 6.30, and then we'll split off into classes. Harvest Festival is October 29th from 6 to 8 p.m. Okay, that's fine. Uh, No, that's fine. I'll get more cheers when we get closer. (laughs) We ask that you would uh, bring some individually wrapped candy to help us with this outreach. Um, Obviously, if they're not individually wrapped, it's not going to be a a good situation. It is 2021, so be smart and safe with it. Home Cafe will officially be opening in the next few weeks. (laughs) Get ready for delicious coffee, pastries, and more. It's like Bed Bath & Beyond. I don't know what the beyond or the more is, but come back in a few weeks and you'll find out. And now the youth group has a short video and announcement, so if we can play that video, please. The joy of seeing a child open the boxes for the first time is just, it's incredible. 
There's squeals and screams, and they are so excited to see what's inside their box. Oh my goodness! Every shoebox gifts represents the love of God to them. We are so excited. Many of the children receive the shoebox for the first time in their life. We're here with Operation Christmas Child. The kids are so excited. We had the opportunity to hand out some of the boxes. There's so much joy, so much happiness. And it gives us an opportunity to present the gospel. We pray that these boxes will be used to bring a lot of happiness and joy, but more importantly, the gospel to each heart, all these little children around the world. What a great gift. I get a present. I get to know who Jesus is. But not only that, I get to be discipled in his ways. Hundreds of thousands of volunteers work with Operation Christmas Child every year, preparing these boxes, praying for the boxes, that God will use them in a mighty way for His glory. This little shoebox has the opportunity to change the world. Not only are they going to get a shoebox, they're going to get the love and the message of Jesus Christ. Some go by helicopter, some go by ship, some go by camel, donkeys, canoes. We go at great lengths to take these boxes to children in the most remote parts of the world. And it's an incredible journey. After these children open the box, they have the opportunity to go through the greatest journey, the 12-lesson discipleship program, where they get to learn more about Jesus Christ. Right now, I'm right outside of Mazlan, Mexico, about six-hour drive up in the mountains. This is an indigenous people group, people that never heard the gospel before. The kids and the families that accepted Christ, almost a hundred altogether, have now started a church. Hemos visto una experiencia preciosa, grande, en el pueblo. Y ese pueblo va a ser el medio para llevar el evangelio a otro lugar. Que estas bendiciones que son de las cajitas this shoebox gives us an opportunity to continue to shine the bright light of the gospel in the darkest and remote places around the world. We're seeing families come to know Jesus. Churches are sprouting up in these communities. These children are rising up to be disciples in their own country. Jesus Christ bring hope to our children to bring the smiles back on their faces. No greater need and no greater time than right now for us to go out and serve boldly. This is what these shoe boxes are all about, to go out and bring a hope of Jesus Christ around the world. I'm just so amazed at what God does each and every year. This is an opportunity to impact the lives of millions of children, just like you've seen. But we need more boxes for next year. Every box is an opportunity for us to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So thank you. And God bless each and every one. Everybody, how are you? All right. My name is Carlos, and I'm part of the youth group here at Home Church. <laughs> and our youth group in church is going to be participating in an organization called Operation Christmas Child, as you just saw. And so we're going to be participating in it, and we're asking for help. So we have bins out in the foyer, out in the foyer, that are separated by age 
And attached to each bin is a list of suggested items they would ask that you would please follow specifically. And just please, if you have any of those items and you'd like to donate it, please put it into the bins. And then we are going to be accepting those items at the end of the, no longer accepting those items at the end of the month. The end is going to be October 31st. And you're going to put all of those items into shoeboxes and then send them out to kids around the world, just like in the video. And so we just ask that you please help us with that and so we can share the love of Christ and the gospel around the world. Thank you. Um, yeah, we're really excited to do this. Um, we wanted to join together missions and youth because it's so important. Um, youth love to give back to their community and give back to the world, and so we're really excited to do this this year. Um, so if you do not have time to go shopping for any items, that is fine. It is $9 per shoebox to ship. So if you want to donate $9, that would also be very, very helpful. Um, again, please reference the uh, boxes out in the lobby uh, to see what is a good gift and what age range you want to donate to. I don't know why I'm just the guy who is the intermediary, but again, uh, let's welcome Mark Butler with an announcement from our church board. Well, good morning, everybody. Um, October brings a lot of things, doesn't it? Um, for those of you who are doing crisis care kits, we'll be uh, taking those through at least the end of the month, so you've got plenty of time. But uh, October is a special time in the Nazarene Church because this is Pastor Appreciation Month where we really focus um, on our pastor. We've got a wonderful staff, um, and uh, we will thank them at another time. But October specifically is for Pastor Carlos. Back in the back, um, there's a table with some of these slips and a basket. If you would, please take one of those slips, write a little personal message to Pastor Carlos and the family, and place in that basket. Um, if you want to uh, write a, a gift uh, check or... Um, a gift card or something like that, you're more than welcome to do that as well. If you put something in the offering, please mark it Pastor Appreciation. Um, and so we're going to spend the month thanking our pastor because we wouldn't be here without him. And we are so grateful that we have a man of God to lead us, to allow us to reach out with the missions as we've been talking about, with the shoeboxes, with the crisis care kits, with the faith promise. Um, so uh, join me in prayer for the pastor. Heavenly Father, we are so very grateful that you have blessed us with Pastor Carlos and his family as lead pastor. We are thankful for his guidance, and we ask your prayer and protection over him and his family. Guard them, watch over them, bless them, and keep them safe. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, and with that, we are going to enter into a time of giving and worship. <coughs> we, uh, we accept tithes and offerings here three ways to make it super convenient for you. We can do it in person with the box by the end of the sanctuary. You can mail it in um, to our address. Did I point right? I did not. I pointed opposite. I'm looking at an opposite thing. <laughs> or you can give online. Go to our website. Click the drop-down menu. Click on the Give tab. It'll take care of the rest for you. Um, biblically, it consistently says that we are to offer God our first fruits. And so we continue to 
give you the opportunity to honor God in that way, um, as well as accept that responsibility on ourselves to help grow this church and his kingdom. With that, if we could enter a time of prayer. Lord, we ask that you would bless this uh, offering that we are presenting to you, that you would be with us in this time of worship, and that you would use this time to grow your kingdom through us so that we can see that all things are possible through you. We ask for your help in recognizing our own humility and growing with you in the way that you ask. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for that, Matt. Let's all stand this morning, church. We're going to sing out this song, How Marvelous. I stand amazed. And before we worship, though, I want to give a big shout out to our sister. Um, she's moved away. Um, she no longer lives here with us in, in the state of Nevada, but she's with us online every Sunday. Can we give a, a good, good morning to Maybell Howard? Amen. Amen. Who's ready to worship Jesus this morning? Amen. Yes. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned, unclean. Let's sing that out one more time. I stand. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me a sinner condemned unclean we're singing Before we sing out that next verse, I just want to say this morning, I know our sister Linda's at home right now, but our brother Ren Banks is with this Jesus we're singing about this morning. Amen. He took my sins and my sorrow. Shall ever 
more time. And we're singing how You sound good out there. Oh, my goodness. Woo! Amen? Who's ready to worship Jesus this morning? I said, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood, oh, in the blood of the
Acapella, here we go. Come out, church. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Oh, I pull it. I pull it. There is power. Oh, I say. There is power. You know, demons flee in, 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 in the name of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus set us free. Amen. Amen. Who's ready to go to Texas right now? We were in New, New Orleans a couple weeks ago, but well, we're going to go to Texas right now. One, two, three, four. You pass the point of weary. Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's stealing. And you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way where there ain't no way. Rises up from an empty
this morning to come up and pray for the service this morning as uh, Pastor Dan and Melody come. If I could have uh... yes, thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Before he prays, I want to sing out this chorus one more time because there are people out here in this world that we're living in that don't know this Jesus we're singing about who will go all throughout life trying to collect all the money they can 
the degrees they can and yet at the end of their life feel hopeless and know they can't take nothing, none of it with them. But this morning we're singing to a God who tells us if we give him our life, that all we need is him. <laughs> and when we pass away, there is no death for us. It just begins, amen? He makes a way where there ain't no way Rises up from an empty grave Ain't no sinner that he can't save Let me tell you about my Jesus I just pray, Father, that you will, you will speak to their lives. You will set a fire in their heart. They will hear your voice and know that it's you and not the world around us. Lord, I just give you praise and glory again in your holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Thank you. Thank you, musicians and singers. We appreciate you. Can we give our, mu uh, our music team a hand? Amen. Thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. And I got to say, too, for um, Sylvia and our sister Marlene, who are sitting on the uh, are sitting on the far right, for English being their second language, they're doing a really good job singing the English. Amen. Beautiful. 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 Amen. Um, again, if you're watching online with us, my name is Pastor Carlos. We are so blessed to have you and everyone here this morning. We're so glad to see you. Um, I'm so uh, we're, we're blessed this morning to be able to have not only our very own Pastor Dan and Melody Anderson, uh, who have been missionaries, but they're here planted in our church. Amen. And uh, so this morning, we didn't have to go and search. And look, we had it right here in our backyard. So this morning, please help me give them a hand as they take the stage this morning to present Faith Promise. Amen. Good morning. My name is Melody, and Melody means a song. One of Dan's favorite songs is, In my heart there rings a melody, There rings a melody with heaven's harmony. In my heart there rings a melody, There rings a melody of love. Whenever I visited the Auburn Church of Nazarene in California to visit the youth pastor, Dan Anderson, his pastor, Hal Bonner, always seemed to pick that hymn, number 267, from the old hymnal. 
I was born in 1955, and my parents dedicated me to the Lord, and they truly meant their prayer was, Lord, help our daughter to learn to know you and to serve you. So I'm blessed to have been raised in a Christian home. My father was stationed in Japan and got to know the Nazarene missionaries there, the Hellings. When he died in a test flight over Chesapeake Bay, there was a memorial set up, and they gave money for that seminary in Japan for the pastors to have books in their library who were training for the ministry. I realized as a girl that missions was important to my parents. So I was five when he died, and my mom moved back to Sacramento, California, where both my mother and father were from, and we attended the Sacramento Trinity Church of the Nazarene. And my pastor was a missionary kid. His name was Reverend Daniel Penn. He grew up in Swaziland in Africa. He had many illustrations about Africa in his sermons, and he asked many missionaries to come to our local church and speak. I remember vacation Bible school where my pastor was the speaker. He was a magician. I remember so well the illustration he gave. He had like a chemical project. He had a beaker of clear water, and he dropped some chemical in there, and the water turned black, and he described to us what sin is. And then he dropped some more drops into the beaker, and he said, these red drops represent the blood of Jesus Christ. And that black water turned white. And he asked, does anyone want to ask Jesus to be their savior? And I went forward to pray. Into my heart, into my heart, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come in today, come in to stay, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Across the street from where I grew up lived Mrs. Grace Baker. She was our church's missionary president. She always invited me to come over to her house when she was getting ready to host the guest missionaries. And I helped her in the kitchen, and she always made her specialty, which was called poverty cakes. I think they were just kind of a donut that was deep fried, but that was what she always wanted to make, and I helped her do that. And she invited me to come when they tore old sheets into strips and they put them on a special roller, and we made bandages to send to the hospital, the Nazarene Hospital in Swaziland. I remember everything about missions she was excited about, and I think I caught her passion. As a girl in Sunday school, when I was asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? I raised my hand and said, I want to be a missionary ballerina when I grow up. 
I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord, over mountain and plain and sea. I'll say what you want me to say, dear Lord. I'll be what you want me to be. In, 1975, in 1973, when I was in high school, our new missionary president, Mrs. Lucy G., she challenged us with a faith promise. We have these cards, if you haven't noticed, in the pew. This is what we're talking about today. And as a teenager, she challenged us, what could God do through you in giving so that the gospel can reach the world? And I remember praying about that and taking it seriously. And I felt God was saying to me a certain amount, and I wrote that down on the card, and I said, for the total of one year, in faith, I'm trusting that God is going to help me give $150. I remember that I thought that was a lot. And it was like a test to see what could God do through me. Um... If you know our home, you'll know that it's Dan who takes care of all the finances because math is not my gift at all. And I had a checkbook back then in high school, and when I was looking at balancing it, and that was before this age of banking online, I looked and I had made a mathematical error in my favor of $150. I'm not saying that that's how God will work with you this year with faith promise, but my first faith promise, that's what happened. God can use teenagers. He can use children. And so I would like to challenge teens and children and your parents that maybe you make a plan to find out how the children and teens can participate as our church is looking for how can we send the gospel around the world. Um, maybe you don't even have an allowance, and like Pastor Dan said, maybe when you go out for a meal together as a family, you can make an agreement with your parents that if I just drink water, would you take the money that I would have used to buy a drink, and we set that aside for faith promise. So I'm just challenging you to think of ways that God can use you. Give of your best to the master. Give of the strength of your youth. Clad in salvation's full armor, join in the battle for truth. My Sunday school teacher as a girl was Mrs. Lillian Potter. I really was enthralled when she told Bible stories because she had flannel graphs. And I think I've seen that we have them here. The beautiful background out of flannel with bright colors. And then when you tell the Bible story, you add on the picture of Jesus. Maybe he's going to cross the Sea of Galilee. I love to watch her tell Bible stories. And she was very dear to me. And when I was ready to go to college, Mrs. Potter said to me, Oh, Melody, I have a nephew and niece who are there at Northwest Nazarene College, and you should meet them when you get there. Okay, lots of people tell you things when you go off to college. But in the first weeks of freshman orientation, 
they had the freshmen come into the uh, big con uh, auditorium and different leaders of the college stood to talk about the different extracurricular activities you could be involved in. And the General Missionary Society president stood and talked to us freshmen, and his name was Dan Anderson, that tall, handsome guy that Mrs. Potter told me I should meet. So I did. I found out later that he was in the religion department, and he was studying for the ministry. I don't think I told you how much I really admired my pastor's wife, Mrs. Fern Penn. I thought maybe I would like to grow up to be a pastor's wife one day. At the end of my freshman year, I remember so clearly God saying to me, Melody, ask Barbie Beach to be your roommate. I hardly knew her. And I'm kind of ashamed to say the only thing that I could think of about her was her clothes were a little bit unusual. I went up to her and said, hey Barbie, do you have a roommate for next year? And she started to cry. She said, I've been praying about that. I was so glad I had paid attention to God and I said, let's be roommates. And so we were roommates for the next three years. She was a missionary kid. She was from the Philippines where her parents were missionaries and that's why her clothes were a little bit unusual because she had gone to the local tailor and her dresses were made by the fabrics from the Philippines. Barbie helped me to understand the nitty gritty of missionary life and it was hard to hear. She told me that she was the first of five children in the family, and when it was time for school to start, she needed to go to a whole other part of the Philippines to go to boarding school. She didn't feel like she could tell her parents, no, I don't want to go. So she went, but she said, I used to get up into the closet, the cupboards at the top of the closet, and go up there and hide and close the door and just cry because I missed my family so much. I remember watching her make an organized telephone overseas call. This is before FaceTime, before it's easy to talk to someone around the world. And they'd have to consider the time zone differences and make a plan when they would call. And back then, telephone calls overseas were quite expensive and it was limited time that she could afford to talk, and I'd be in the room, and I'd watch, and the first couple of minutes, it seemed like she just cried, saying how much she missed her family. That was hard to watch. And back then, a way to communicate that was affordable was, through the post office, aerograms. If you remember, there was this tissue-thin blue paper that you could fold in thirds, and the postage was reasonable. And Barbie could write such minute handwriting and write on that tri-folded paper and tell the news to her family and put it in the mail. And it would take, it seemed like, four to six weeks for that letter to even reach her family, and then for them to write back. The communication was slow. 
She had one opportunity in those four years to go and have a trip home to the Philippines to see her family. About that same time, Dan told me, I think God is calling me to be a missionary. Whoa, that's a whole different story than being a pastor's wife, especially after knowing about Barbie. Wow. I remember there was a chapel service. I don't know what the text was. I don't know who the speaker was, but I remember there was an opportunity to come forward to the altar to pray, and I did. I was struggling with being able to say with 100% commitment yes to the Lord for whatever he had planned for my life. And when I was praying at the altar, I remember an older woman of the community, for some reason she had come to the chapel service, I would call her a saint. She came to pray with me and she put her arms around me and said, honey, I don't know what you're struggling with but you need to say yes to God. I did. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. About that same time, close to Dan's graduation from college, and the end of my third year, I walked into my new class to satisfy the credit units that were required in the religion department. And I had enrolled months earlier because this class was gonna fit into my schedule. And the class was called Introduction to Missions. The professor was a Nazarene missionary Dr. Floyd Perkins, who was home from the mission field in Mozambique because his wife, Libby, had just been diagnosed with cancer. So there was just a few students in the class and we were sitting in a semicircle and I remember the first thing he said to us was, I want you to share your call to missions. I was shocked. There was no prerequisite for this class. What was he talking about? I was having a silent, fast conversation with the Lord. What am I going to say? And I heard from God so certainly. He said, well, you love Dan, and I'm calling him to be a missionary. So that's what I said out loud. I said, I love Dan Anderson, and he has a call to missions. <laughs> and as soon as I said it, I had a flood of peace come over me. And I don't know if that's an unusual way for God to call you, but that's what God did for me. I don't know if anyone ran out of class and went to tell Dan, guess what Melody said? <laughs> In 1976, in probably the month of October, like is the tradition in the Church of the Nazarene to focus on missions, we were having faith promise in my local church. And my mother and my brother and I were getting ready to sing a special for the missionary program. And Dan was coming to visit me. 
I didn't remember this part of the story till we were reminiscing this week. He said, he came to the door and was knocking and my brother and mother and I were at the piano practicing this song and we never even heard him knocking. It took a while for us to realize he had come earlier than planned. Well, that weekend, Faith Promise was the weekend that Dan asked me to marry him. So Faith Promise is kind of special in our lives, not only that it has to do with our marriage, our engagement, but what it means to obey God. So we got married that summer after I graduated and we moved to Kansas City, Missouri, where Dan attended the Nazarene Theological Seminary to prepare for ministry. Four years later, we moved to Loomis, California, here on our district, and we planted a church. And three years later, we were appointed as missionaries for the Church of the Nazarene. And in January of 1986, we flew to Nairobi, Kenya, where we were gonna be missionaries in the country of Kenya in East Africa. It was a new work for the denomination, a brand new country to enter. I remember when we landed, there were military with AK-47 guns kind of scary and overwhelming. And then on the way to the airport, we were in a fender bender. The missionaries who were driving us away from the airport. No one ever told me anything yet about the culture and I didn't know about mob justice and reaction and there was a mob all around that car and people were shouting, pushing on the car and saying you caused this accident. It was very overwhelming and we had our four-year-old and two-year-old in the back seat of the car and I just was thinking, oh Lord, where have you brought us? It was scary. And I was very overwhelmed. That night at the hotel that they had for us, it was a little tiny family unit. I prayed, Lord, I think you have the wrong person. This job is too big. I am committed to do your will, but I don't know. And I didn't sleep very well because of jet lag. And the next morning, I heard a choir singing. God will take care of you through every day or all the way. He will take care of you. God will take care of you. It was Saturday morning. We didn't know that there was a Seventh-day Adventist church right behind the hotel, and they had an English service early in the morning. That was a message from God to me. I can never forget that song through all of these years, his promise and his goodness to be with us. When we finally arrived in Kisumu, Kenya, where we were to begin our work, the other denominational missionaries met us with our little children and said, oh, we're so happy you've come to work here in this part of Kenya. We're thinking of starting an international school. Are you interested? That was the answer to that prayer at the altar in college when I wanted to say 100%, yes, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. And I had kind of a PS to that prayer. I didn't tell you that. When I said, yes, Lord, whatever your will is, PS, 
I really don't want to send my children far away to boarding school. And look, there was a school starting right in the town where we were assigned. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, your hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. That's a brief history and testimony of one missionary. I want you to know that when you say yes to God, he helps us step by step, and he leads us when we are willing to answer his call on our life, no matter what that might be. I learned a meaningful custom in Uganda. Our good friend, Pastor Fred Bagole, was going to get married, and he asked us to accompany him to the home of his bride-to-be. It was the custom for the families to have already met together, and there's kind of negotiations, and um, the families have to agree to the marriage, and that had all been done sometime before, but this was the day that he was going to go and collect his bride. I was taken back a bit when I went and found Molly, the bride-to-be, in a dark room, with her shawl wrapped around her, sobbing, I thought, oh no, she doesn't want to marry Fred. That was my first reaction. But then I learned, no, that's the custom. The girl is supposed to cry and show how much she's going to miss the separation from her family, how much she appreciates all that they have done to raise her. And so that was her job, to sob and to cry. And Fred knew that the custom for him was to come to the family bearing gifts to show his appreciation for how they had raised Molly. Molly's parents had died when she was very young, so it was her brother who raised her. So Fred brought gifts to the family, one being a five-gallon jury can full of fuel for lanterns. And I'm talking about the old-fashioned hurricane lanterns that are used at night because not every village has electricity. And the most common lantern is just made from a little tin can. This is um, called star coffee. It's the instant coffee produced in Uganda. It's at every cafe table. It's a very common little can with the flip top, just like we would expect. And then um, the local artisans weld a handle and a little top, and there's a place to put the wick, and the oil could be put in a lantern like this. And students would keep this at the table when they're doing their homework at night. It's not very easy to read by this kind of a lantern. And in most homes, that smell of the burning paraffin or kerosene is just something that I miss being in Uganda. But he brought fuel for the lanterns, and he brought <laughs> a big supply of matches also to say thank you. You've burned the fuel, you lit 
with the matches, the wick. Thank you that you helped Molly to grow up. The lantern burned when she was sick. The lantern burned when she did her homework. Thank you that she was able to complete her education. So I think that's a very beautiful custom that I learned in Uganda. And I wish that I could have brought a big jerry can of paraffin or kerosene and a box of matches to give to the local churches of the Nazarene because it's a place like home. Our church is called home, but it's a place of home here in our local church where you have helped to raise me up, to know Jesus, to disciple me, to equip me, to give me a place of service, to send me, to keep me as a missionary, to pray for me, and to encourage me. So it's an important role that the local church has. And I pray that God is going to be calling the next generation to go into all the world. Thank you for participating in Faith Promise. It is called the Great Commission. We'll go back one slide, please. We're going to read the commission or the command that Jesus gave. This is found in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. And Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That is why Sparks Home Church of the Nazarene is making faith promise giving pledges today. Hudson Taylor was a dedicated, faithful missionary to China in the 1800s, and he said it very well. The Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It is a command to be obeyed. Maybe we cannot all go to another nation with the gospel, but we can all give. Do you see the card in the pew in front of you? You can take it and look at it. It says, because we can do more working together than we can alone, every person shares a portion of income to make Christ-like disciples in the nations. Dan and I have prayed and asked God what he wants us to give. Have you? Send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light and let its radiant beams light the world forevermore. But how do we send the light? We do it by sending missionaries. We are the church. We are the sending agency. We are the ones who raise up, pray for, lay our hands upon, and send out people into all the world. Melody talked about Fred Bagole. 
and Molly, special people. We have a photo of them there. Fred was first introduced to the Church of the Nazarene by what was then called Nazarenes in Volunteer Service. There was a lady who was sent out by her university to teach nurses. And she met Fred and began to evangelize Fred. And he began to learn more and more about the Church of the Nazarene. I met him when we moved to Uganda. And we found that uh, he was faithful, that he understood accounting, and he was made the district treasurer. And one of the things I appreciate about Fred was his conscientiousness in keeping the books well for the district. But soon he came and he talked to me about God's call in his life, that God was calling him to be a pastor. And I said, well, we need to study. You need to take the course of study. And so he began to do that. He was attending the local church. He was the district treasurer. He assumed a pastorate before he had finished his course of study. And he was doing well. He became a district superintendent and is now a district superintendent of the Uganda Southwest District. He has over 100 churches that he oversees. It was 106 last year. I don't know how many more have been added this year. But as Melody was telling you the story of Fred going to collect his bride, I remember that day well because he was in our car and we were going over a bumpy road and all of a sudden Fred said, oh no. I said, what? He said, I forgot to get my suit on. And I said, well, we can stop and you can put it on. He says, I didn't even bring my suit. And I'm going, oh, you're in trouble. <laughs> I said, but the good thing is, we have three boxes of suits in the back of our car that a working witness team had brought and we were giving them out to pastors. So we pulled alongside the road, he got out and we started going through the boxes, trying to find some pants and some uh, coat, a shirt and even a tie that was in the coat pocket for him to put on. The delay caused a problem. He got there late. And when you are late, you don't get what you want. And so the brother said, nope, I'm not going to give you Molly. And he's standing there, and I'm standing there going, now what? He says, you go find some place to sit for a while. This was at 6 o'clock at night, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, no word. The pastor of the local church there took Fred up the hill to the church, and they slept until 4 in the morning. Melody and I slept in our van with about five other people waiting until finally the brother said, okay, you can come. I drove up the hill to find Fred and Pastor Thompson. I said, they've agreed, but you have to hurry. And so they came out quickly. They started running down the dirt road. I was following them with my lights so they could see where they were running. I was gunning my engine just to give them a little emphasis to get going faster. And he collected Molly. Molly also became a pastor, for she had a calling. She's a better preacher than Fred. She has unction in her when she preaches. She's a kind, quiet lady most of the time until she gets behind the pulpit, and then she preaches like nobody's business. Fred and Molly would not have known the Church of the Nazarene, wouldn't have known Jesus without that Nazarene volunteer who had gone to do something else for her university 
but did the most important part of her life of sharing Jesus with others. Today, we fill out these cards called Faith Promise Pledges. If you haven't prayed about it yet, you have the rest of the month to be praying about it and asking God, what do you want us to give as a family, as an individual? What is it, God? The issue is not so much whether you can do it or not, because you can't. It's God, God who can do it through you. And if you will do on that card what God wants you to do, by faith, he will provide that. And if he doesn't, you're in no way accountable to the church. The church isn't going to come and say, hey, you haven't paid your, pay paid your pledge yet. They're not going to come and say anything to you. It's only between you and God. It is not a part of your tithe. It's not a part of your offerings. This is above and beyond your tithes and offerings. It's to go out to tell people just like someone told you about Jesus. I would like us to close with singing a prayer. It's a small chorus. Some of you may know it. Some of you may not. I'm waiting for the note. <laughs> I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart I'll agree. And my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. Let's sing it one more time. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart I'll agree, and my answer my prayer for you today, that your answer to him will be yes. Amen, church. Let's all stand this morning. Amen. Can we give Dan and Melody a hand? Amen. Not only for this morning, but for their life, their ministry. Amen. It's not easy, amen, uh, telling someone about Jesus sometimes, and especially across the other side of the world. And so we appreciate your ministry and your exampleship, and I just pray, and I, I, I really enjoyed what you said. May, God's going to bring up and rise up some new missionaries, and maybe out of our church. It might be your son, it might be your daughter. What would you do, what would you say if your son came to you and said, Mom, I'm going to be a missionary in Africa. Amen. Well, your daughter, your grandkid, I'm going to Mexico, I'm going to be a missionary. Or I'm going to go across the street and tell some friends about Jesus. Amen. Amen. Who, who here, I want to encourage you. We can't, sometimes we can't go to Africa. We can't go, but can we go across the street? Can we tell a neighbor? Can we invite someone at work to our church and let them know about the love of God? Amen. Can we do that? Amen. 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 So, hallelujah. I want to encourage you. I'm so excited for Home Cafe. 
it's not just a time for coffee and the coolest coffee bean and, you know, putting up a sign saying Hebrews. That's not what we're doing here. This is a time of fellowship. This is going to be a time of uh, Catherine Adams is coming back. Amen. And she's going to be helping us out with the coffee. And I'm so excited to see what God is going to do there and what God is doing in our church. Amen. Let's all bow our heads. If I could have, um, let's see, if I could have my brother, uh, let's see here. Mike Regis, if you could please come down and uh, dismiss us as we leave. I'm so excited for next Sunday. Um, God has a special word for us. I am very excited for next Sunday. Hallelujah. Thank you, brother. Let's bless us as we leave. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this special day and, this, and for Dan and Melody in there uh, speaking for faith promise, Father. We just ask, Father, that you be with us, that you uh, help us uh, uh, pray about what you want us to do, Father, and what you have in store for us. We just thank you for that. Just ask that you go before our church this week and, and go before each family and bless them and cover them. Keep them safe. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 See you all Thursday night, 630. Amen. Who's ready to worship Jesus? Amen. Let's go.